Good morning. Good morning. Once again, a joyful Sabbath. Amen. It's just such an honor and privilege to be in the house of the Lord that he saw us through another week. In the midst of everything that's going on in this world, he still gave us another opportunity to open our eyes. Amen. Uh, I'm ask Deacon Carey, go ahead and open us up with a word of prayer. Amen. Father, heaven, Father God, we come. Father God, once again, Father God, before we get another Sabbath service started, Lord, we just want to uh, stop and pause, Lord, and tell you thank you once again for allowing us to be here one more time. And Lord, we thank you for uh, getting us through yet uh, 2020, Father God, and you've placed us here in 2021, Father God. And, uh, Father God, we thank you uh, for the new year. Father God, we thank you for another opportunity to get ourselves right with you. Father God, uh, we just thank you uh, to be in the land of the living, Father God, and we thank you for uh, protecting us and keeping us safe all throughout 2020, the year 2020, Father God. So much has uh, had went on in 2020, Father God. Uh, we dealt with social injustice, Father God. We dealt with coronavirus, Father God. We dealt with so much. Father God, but we thank you, Father God, that the Son, uh, that the, you sent your Son, Father God, to die for our sins, Father God. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, we just thank you today for being able to come into your house to give you praise, glory, and honor. And Lord, we just thank you. We have expectations, Father, for you, Father God, and you have expect, expectations for us, Father God. And Lord, we just thank you today. Father God, we thank you that uh, we're able to come and uh, the church doors are open today. Father God, we just ask, Father God, that you bless us today, Father God. Use us in a mighty way. Father God, forgive us of our sins, faults, and transgressions. We know there's many. We know that in this place there's no good thing. But Lord, we thank you, Father God, that you're placing the spirit inside of us, Lord. So we may be able to worship you and commune with you, Father God. So Lord, we thank you. And Father God, as we prepare to open up the covenants of your word on today, Father God, we ask that you give us a clear understanding of what your word is saying, Father God, and uh, how you want us to live, Father God, how we should be able to go out into this world seeking and saving those which are lost, how you want us to treat one another, how you want us to stand for your word, Lord. We just thank you, Father God, for blessing us, Father God. And we still want to stand in intercession today for our families, Father God, for our spouses and our children. Father God, we still want to stand in intercession, Father God, for our uh, church family, Father God, Sabbath Rest Ministry. We pray that all the saints, Father God, that fellowship with Sabbath Rest or members of Sabbath Rest, Father God, we pray, Father God, that they're doing well on today, Father God. And we just pray that this ministry flourish in 2021, Father God. Uh, we know it was a challenging year in 2020, but Father God, this year we want to be able to continue to keep going, keep fighting, Father God, for uh, what your word says. Keep standing and believing in what your word says, Father God. Keep praying for uh, a, a, a better uh, way, Father God. And we know as long as we keep our hands in your hands, Lord, we know that you're going to lead the way, Father God. But 
have us not to uh, get off track, Father God, have us not to stray away, Father God. And for if we do stray away, Father God, we just ask that you uh, provide your, uh, your staff, Father God, that you may be able to get us back in line, Father God. So Lord, we thank you. We stand in intercession for the Meridian families right now, Father God. Uh, we ask that you bless this family, Father God. Uh, we are bereaving right now, Father God. We just ask, Father God, to have us not to mourn as though we have no hope, Father God. We know, Father God, that you are still the true and living God. No matter what's going on in this, in this world, no matter uh, the, the bad things that uh, we are hearing, Father God, have us to know, Father God. Have us to always keep our hands in your hands, Father God. Because you said, Father God, that you would lead and you would be our guide. You would show us the way, Father God. We thank you today. We magnify your name today, Father God. We thank you for just being able to have good strength and health in our bodies today, Father God. Father God, we know in 2021, Father God, the first day of the new year, we put things on a list that we want to accomplish, things mm -hmm. that we want to achieve, Father God, the things that we don't want to take from 2020 and bring it into 21, Father God. So we ask you right now, wherever, Father God, we have a petition to you to, to remove out of our lives, Father God. We just ask that you have us to be able to give it up free and have us not to uh, be trying to hold on to it, Father mm -hmm. God, like as if uh, we can't make it without this particular thing. Lord, we can't make it without you. Yeah. And Lord, we know if we give our burdens to you, you said cast your cares upon the Lord, Father God. You said that you would carry the load. Mm -hmm. So Lord, we're asking today, Father God, we want to put our cares, we want to put our concerns, we want to put our addictions, our afflictions. Lord, we want to put all of those things that are tripping us up and keep them from serving you fully. We want to give it to you. Father God, we've served the devil long enough, Father God, in this world. Now it's time for you, for us to serve you. Now it's time for us, Lord, to commune with you, Father God. Now it's time for us, Lord, to be able to uh, walk as Christians, Father God, talk as Christians, Lord, live as Christians, Lord. It's time, Father God. The devil is going topsy-turvy in this world. He's taking our young people out, Father God. He's even taking out the older saints as well, Father God. But, Lord, we just ask today that you uh, bless us, Father God. Bless the men that are standing before you right now, Father God. No, we're not perfect, Lord. No, yes, we got some hang-ups, and yes, we have some hiccups. But, Lord, we have committed to no matter the things that we're going through in our life, no matter the things that are tripping us up, Father God, we're still going to serve you, Father God, because we can't serve a devil and serve you at the same time. We have to serve the Father. Father God, we have to serve the King, the Almighty King, the Risen King, Father God. We just thank you today. Father God, we ask, Father God, that you bless Dickie Craig today as he brings forth the lesson. And Father God, have him be able to teach with boldness and clarity and have someone out on Facebook Live or part Anchor Podcast, Father God. Have someone, Father God, eyes may be open and mind may be enlightened by the lesson that's going to bring forth today, Father God. And Lord, we just want to be able to be uh, children of you. We don't want to just be your creation, Father God. We want to be your children, Father God. Father God, we want to. We don't want to serve you and serve the devil, Father God. We want to serve you, Lord. So Lord, we thank you. Bless this building, Father God, that we're in. 
we know that it was created by man's hand. But Father God, this is blessed. This is the sanctuary that you have blessed. You have blessed this place, Father God. We thank you for last year's renovation that we had, Father God. We thank you for the renovation inside the building. We thank you for renovation outside the building, Father God. And now we're pre presenting ourselves to you under construction, Lord. Renovate us, Father God. Change us, Father God. Make us new right now, Father God. Father God, so someone may see us, our young people may see us, Father God, and say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her, Father God. But Father God, have us be able to uh, be approachable today. Have us be able to uh, order our hearts, Lord. Have us not just, just to do this just because people are watching. Have us not to do this, Father God, because uh, we may think that it gains prosperity, Father God. Have us to do this, Father God, because it's the right thing to do. And you said in your word, Father God, that it's our job to go out into this world as disciples, seeking and saving those which are lost. So, Lord, we thank you today. We honor you. We magnify your name. Bless Pastor today and the elder. Use them in a mighty way. Bless the deacons. Bless every auxiliary that this ministry has, Father God. And Father God, we know 2021 is gonna, we're gonna go higher for you, Lord. So Lord, we thank you, we honor you, we magnify your name. These and many blessings we ask in the name of your son, Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, we pray. Let all the men of God say amen. 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 And you yourself can give a testimony. Just think back, reflect on the year 2020. Think back on everything that's went on in your life just this past year. Yeah. We always used to say that Pastor Smith started, the only thing that we have to fear about the future is to forget how God has led us in the past. And in my lifetime, 2020 was probably one of the most tumultuous years that I went through overall. I mean, from the start to the finish. I mean, we've always had rough spots in the year, but it just seemed like it was one thing after another, after another, after another. Yeah. Things kept getting worse instead of getting better. Yeah. So just think back. Testify at your house. Amen. Because that's how we're going to say it to you. The word of our testimony. Testifying about how good God has been in our life. Amen. And how he's led us through situations. So if there's any here that's got a testimony. Amen. Uh, first, give it on to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm just thankful. Uh, 2020 was a uh, was a blessed year. It was a good year. Uh, we had some challenges, like you said, Dick. Uh, we had some challenges that come that presented ourselves uh, to us. Uh, I'm not even gonna look on the bad that happened in 2020. I'm gonna look and focus on the good that happened in 2020. Um, uh, and the first thing I can say is God was truly well, with me in 2020. With everything that was happening, uh, I was able to get off of probation in 2020. I was able to uh, stay uh, coronavirus free in 2020, working in the hospital where it was just ravaging. I was going in certain units that was, uh, it was patients there and uh, God 
protecting it. So 2020 uh, was a good was a good year, uh, and 2021 is gonna be even better year. Uh, Cause uh, one thing that I know, I'm committed to God. It'll be easy for me to uh, sit at home on Sabbaths. Uh, it'll be easy for me to. Uh, sometimes I do have to go work on Sabbaths, but for the most part, I'm committed. I felt growth in 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 spiritually in 2020. I I, I felt confident in my teaching in 2020. Uh, so. 2020 was a good year, and I just pray that uh, 2021 will be an a even greater year. Oh, amen. Amen. Give it all to God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Just don't want to let an opportunity pass by to be able to give God glory. Yeah. For all the marvelous things that He has done and is doing in our lives, we want to be able to. Uh, recognize and acknowledge the goodness of God. Amen. 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 Even what's going on in the world. Amen. That is all the goodness of God. Amen. Uh, the Bible describes uh, God as, as good as every good and perfect gift coming from up above. And, and uh, in, in, in our culture, we only want to call those things blessings that we like. Mm -hmm. But sometimes God blesses us through some things that we may not understand during that time. That's right, doing some trials, doing some hard times. Yeah. So we have to learn that God is in all things. I love what Paul wrote in Romans. He says that we know in all things God is working for the good of those who love him and those who are called according uh, to his purpose. So we <coughs> just want to thank God. Uh, thank God that we didn't have any members, any <coughs> members or anyone that uh, has contracted corona thus far. And we want, we want to continue to pray and, and, and uh, remain faithful to God. And let's, let's try our best to make this year a year of repentance and revival. Amen. That's the theme for this year. Amen. Repentance and revival. Amen. Uh, there is no revival without repentance. Now, we can come in here and shout and hoop and holler all we want. But unless we uh, are trying vehemently to change our lives, uh, there is no revival. So let's do, do it in order and have repentance. Amen. And then we would be able to have revival. Amen. So that the world may be able to see that the church of God is still on the scene. Amen. 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 First, giving honor and glory to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You know, what I try to do when I teach these lessons is I try to take what the lesson is, <coughs> the Bible stories that you <coughs> and try to make it relevant. Mm -hmm. in our lives today. Mm -hmm. And when I was starting to do this this lesson, the heading is a crisis of leadership. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I had to laugh when I first thought about it. You know, because when you think of a leader right now, especially being American, I'm not talking about in the church, I'm not talking about, you know, the pastor. When we're outside the church and we're thinking about a leader, you know, we think about the first person in the prayer. But this is a crisis of leadership. Mm -hmm. So if there's a crisis of leadership in our civil government, shouldn't we be turning to the man of God for 
true leadership. And while I was doing this lesson, I thought about some things we've been talking about in the past about how you have to, you have to look at some outside books and outside sources. You have to learn world history mm -hmm. because we're going to be talking about some things at the very beginning. And I'm going to show you how this blueprint that they took from Confucius, we're going to be talking about Confucius for a few minutes. But we're going to show you how this lesson takes his qualities, and then we're going to look at some biblical qualities, and you're going to see how they line up. Amen. In the year the king Uriah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe was filled the temple. That's Isaiah 6 and 1, and you know this, this quarter we're, we're talking about the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Prophet. Mm -hmm. It says, when one of his disciples, when asked by one of his disciples about the ingredients of good government, Confucius answered, sufficient food, <coughs> sufficient weapons, and the confidence yeah, of the common people. Now here we go. But asked the disciple, you know, we all want to throw a little question in at you. Suppose you had no choice but to dispense with one of those three. Which would you forego? Weapons, said Confucius. The disciple persisted. Suppose you could force to dispense with one of the two that are left. Which would you forego? Kind of sounds like all the time when, when the Sadducees and the Pharisees was coming at Yeshua, doesn't it? Always trying to turn some things. Replied Confucius, fool. But from the old, hunger has been a lot of our men. But the people that no longer trust its rulers is lost indeed. People do often indeed want a strong, trustworthy leadership. When a soldier was signing up for the second, tune of, the second term of duty, the army recruiter asked him why he wanted to reenlist. I tried to be your life, he said, but nobody's in charge out there. This week, we will look at Judea's crisis of leadership and the sad results that followed. Now, when I was reading this, I went and I kind of looked up Confucius real quick, because, you know, Confucius had a lot of saying. Mm -hmm. And when he gave us this pattern, he said the first thing you do away with is weapons. Now, in America, we'd have a problem with that right now, because we got the right to bear arms. You know, we'll fight for this one. Then he said, see now, now look what the disciple, see, this is what the disciple was really trying to get him to say. He really wanted to downplay the leadership quality. Because then he said, what's next? He said, well, fool. And I had to think about that one. I said, well, why are you, okay. Then, see, that's what I love about the Holy Spirit when you're doing his lesson. He said, man, go look at King David. When he went to the temple and he asked the priest for the bread to feed his men. And it was even this morning that something even came, because I, I went and looked over the little the story, and I was looking, then this morning the Holy Spirit said, now look at all three elements that they was talking about what Confucius said. Because first, you know when he went to this temple, he didn't have a weapon. Then he asked, now what would a good leader do? David, being a good leader, was worried about his men and feeding his men. And he asked them if they had some bread. And the priest first was like, no, I don't have any common bread. All I have is the show bread, and you have to be consecrated. He asked him a question, have your men been with women? 
because that was the point about being consecrated like a priest, not having a relation with a woman. David said, no, we're on a secret mission from the king. That's why I'm here. And even if it was just a regular mission from the king, we wouldn't be having relations with a woman. So the priest gave him the bread. That was a good leader. If he wasn't a good leader, when he first said, no, nah, you can't because the bread ain't consecrated, see, he fought for his men. Now, now, take that to the New Testament. Remember when the disciples was walking through the grain field and they pulled out some grain and they started to eat and the Sadducees and the Pharisees said, why, why, it's a Sabbath day, why y'all guys pulling the oil? He yeah. said, he went back and used David as an example of a good leader. He said, didn't even David, when he, he was in the, uh, on the run, didn't he go in and get the showbread for his men? That's a good leader. Because if you keep reading just another chapter down, in 1 Samuel, and you see Saul, who was the king at this time, and what kind of leader he was, and what he did, he went back and killed the priest that helped David. He went with the weapon first. And had, now at first his men did, the other, the, the real religious men, they wasn't gonna kill the priest. He had one. One guy went out and slayed 85 people in one day, then went and slaughtered all their family. When they did this, they killed not only the priests, they killed the men, women, and children. So now all of a sudden we see just in that story the, uh, the comparison between a good leader and a bad leader. And when we get into the second part of this, we're going to see what we're talking about even in the days of Isaiah. But what I wanted to show you was the qualities of a good leader. What Confucius said, David, exactly, he, was, he exhibited. Yeah. He shows because I'm a good leader, I don't really need these other two things because I'm gonna break by using my brain. And you can see we have to remember too, especially about David. What does the Bible say? <coughs> that David was a man, man of God's own heart. Yeah. He kept God first. Amen. That's a true leader. Amen. Because see, he's getting his he's getting his direction from the Lord because he's being led by even in that time the Holy Spirit. He's leading and guiding David. Now, there's some things that you should ask because I said for one, first thing we want to think about is the president and all that. But the leader that you really should be looking at and examining is your spiritual leader. Amen. Amen. I believe, because I heard this saying before, and I, I truly believe this. It said that good leaders are born. They're not made. Amen. As I look back through my life, through, through jobs I've had, being military-minded, if you're not a born leader, see, a born leader can, can develop and go to other levels. But you can't take a person who wasn't born to be a leader and make him a leader. We see failure time and time again. And I'm almost going to use Pastor, Pastor Chapman as my example because he said he was born to be a leader. Because he never followed the crowd when he was younger. He tells you the story. He didn't like steel. He didn't follow him into the store to steal the candy. He wanted to be the lookout, stay outside. That way you can run for it. <laughs> they, in the military, they gave him a choice. But see, all this was developing him. He already had inside him to be the leader. But life experiences were shaped and molded. Then he even said when he first became senior pastor, he made some mistakes. He told you he made some mistakes. 
What did he do upon making those mistakes, though? He grew, he changed, he did like with football, the quarterback calls an audible and gets you out of a bad <coughs> That's what he did is he articulated through this, through this growth as being the senior pastor. That's a true leader. Because see, being a leader doesn't just bark out orders and stuff, even though it's done order. How many of us know I've seen people on the job just because somebody says something, then after everything said and done, the outcome wasn't a good outcome. Mm -hmm. Because nobody had the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, no, this is a bad decision. Let's not do this. And call an audible and do something. People have lost their lives and died over stuff that was said. You need to go do this. Oh. Mm -hmm. But that's not a good leader. Just because someone's in charge don't mean he's a good leader. I always tell you this story. I remember Lieutenant Hook, and I remember, uh, I can't remember the major's name because that's really how much I disregard I really had for him. I don't remember his name. But for Lieutenant Hook, I used to pop this man. For the major, I just used to give him a little sloppy salute because I saw Lieutenant Hook as a true leader and this other dude as a joke. All you're doing is trying to do stuff by the book. When I first went, when I first got out of AIT school and I went to my first duty station, the first thing that sergeant told me, he said, you know all that stuff they taught you in school? Forget it, this is how it really works. And the way that they were showing me there was because the book was fine for a blueprint for a guideline, but when you get in actuality, everything is not how it is set in that book. Climate can change things, weather can change things, people being tired, there's stuff that changes and you have to be able to adapt. Carrie and I was having a talk yesterday and we were talking football. We were talking about a certain individual quarterback. Carrie asked me and I said, no, I don't trust, I wouldn't trust because of what he's shown me. See, sometimes we, we think because the guy's six foot five, runs a 4-240, and can throw a football 60 yards, that he can lead the team. Now he can go out there and be the tight end, but he don't have leadership qualities. And that's what, we're in a crisis for leadership. Mm -hmm. And it's just not in this government. Who do you really have that you can look for right now through all this turmoil? Well, I say first and foremost, you better start looking for God. Amen. Amen. And his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, the one who came to do his will on this earth. That's where you should be getting your true leadership from. Amen. Now, once you get that down and you start looking, yeah, you can find some people that might be able to lead you through one situation. Don't you know that God even put people here for one job sometimes? We look at the stories in the Bible time and time again. There was only one thing that certain people had to do. All Moses had to do was lead the people out of, out of, out of Egypt. <laughs> yeah. That was his job. He wanted to lead them to the promised land. He led them to the boundaries of, of the promised land, and because something he did, God would not allow him to cross over to the land of Canaan. Mm. His leadership was from getting them out of captivity, taking right to the crust of being in the promised land, and then another man, Joshua, had to come in and bring them into the land of promise. A leader for a time, but not the leader that was to lead. People wanted King Saul. That's what we were just talking about. And when I was reading Samuel, mm -hmm. Saul was put there because the people wanted a king. 
That ain't what God wanted. But God said, okay, since y'all want a king, I'm going to send you this fool. I'm going to send you this trump. Okay. Now, when King David came in and they saw a true king, a true leader, because he had the, he had the heart after God, there wasn't a crisis in leadership during this time period. And if you look at everything that Israel accomplished during this time period, it was victory after victory after victory. The king is dead. Long live the king. Amen. Isaiah 1 and 6 talks about the death of King Uriah. Uzziah. 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 Read 2 Chronicles 26, then answer this question. What is significant of King Uzziah? Yeah, yeah. Well, for time's sake, we're not going to read the whole chapter, because like Ella pointed out numerous other times, if we just keep reading down the lesson, it's going to answer the question anyway. Different perspectives can be given regarding the depth of this king. Although how you say you, Uzziah's reign was long and prosperous. When he had become strong, he grew proud to his destruction. And that's 2 Chronicles 26 and 16. An attempt to offer incense in the temple. When the priest rightly stopped him because he was not authorized as a priestly descendant of Aaron, the king became angry. At this moment, when the king refused reproof, the Lord immediately struck him with leprosy, which he had to the day of his death, being leprous to live in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. How ironic that Isaiah saw a vision of pure, immortal, divine king in his house and temple in every year that the impure king died. See, you have to go back, when you go back to Second uh, Chronicles and you read 26, he wanted to come in and burn the incense. Okay, the priest stopped The leadership stopped him. The man of God stopped him because he wasn't authorized to burn the incense. So he became mad. Mm -hmm. And when you really look, you know what he did, he became quite he has so many, he did so many great things for Israel. Good things. He led them into prosperity. He led them into righteousness. But all of a sudden, he forgot. He said, I can did And now I am going to go in the house of the Lord and do what I want to do. And it said that at that very moment, the priest was looking at him. Leprosy came upon his forehead. Mm -hmm. And now see, if you don't do your study and don't go back and look about this leprosy and about what it really meant, because now he had a separation. Remember now, see, by him being the king, he had a separate house. He got the quarantine. Yeah. Because he was the king. But if a common person got leprosy, they just left outside the city gates. But by him being the king, he got a second house. But he could not go in the house of the Lord. And even though he was a prideful man, he knew that. And after the Lord gave him the leprosy, let's just be realistic. You get to slap on him. Let's go back when he was kids. Remember when you stuck your finger in the light socket for the first time and it shocked you? <laughs> yeah. 
But that taught me, you know what? I ain't messing with no electricity. I, I don't, I, I call electrician. Or if I do do it, I make, not only do I cut the brake off, I kill the main power brake. I cut everything off of the house. Cause I don't play with electricity cause I remember the little joke from the 110 plug. But that's what happened. He got that little finger in the socket and he knew. He said, you know what? I ain't even gonna go back to the house of the Lord because I know with this leprosy on me, I know that the next time it's gonna be dead. But see, we sometimes we forget now. See, we wanna sit up here and we wanna be these prideful people. We wanna think we're doing all this on our own. There's nothing wrong with medicine. But you better remember who gave him the idea to invent them. See, that's where the problem always comes. Pastor, uh, I think that was last week or the week before when, when, when he, he read Deuteronomy again. Well says, it's all right to go out and obtain wealth, but remember, it's the law of God who gives you the ability. Amen. See, ability is everything. Amen. Stuff that's created by man, there's nothing wrong with it. As long as we keep remembering, it was God who gave that man the ability to do that. Now, number two, we were even reading last week where it said that they had the king, one of the good kings had to tear down the pole with the snake wrapped around, around it. The pastor you know, told us before, and when he said it before, I always remember, because I, I remember when I was in the military, you see a doctor or a medic, they always had that emblem on them. On the right side, left side, U.S., right side was your emblem. And then it was the snake wrapped around the pole because that was supposed to be the sign of healing. But see, the people started looking at that so much that they forgot that it was God who healed them. Amen. Especially in this dispensation, this time period, he heals us through the blood of his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen. But see, the people started looking at that pole so hard Amen. and thinking that that's where the help came from. Amen. See, the, the, doesn't the Bible tell you to look up towards the hills from whence your help comes? Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden yeah. they saw, you got to realize, <coughs> you don't understand when Moses was standing, when he was holding this thing up, how you going to stand down in the valley yeah. and hold the sheep yeah. so everybody can see? Yeah. He would have been where? Up, up on the hill. Now, when I hold this up, it's your healing. But now what they did was they didn't keep looking past the pole. They stopped at the pole and thought that. Well, Even sometimes, but well, we don't have it no more. But we look so hard at the cross. That like we man, forget, man who died. It wasn't a person. It wasn't a cross. The it was died. the person on the cross. See, we take all kinds Amen. of things to the fire. Amen. You know, we want to sit here. You know, think just because I rode around here with a cross on my Amen. neck. But where's the man hanging on the cross? Amen. Amen. I mean, it's just you look at a lot of things. We start looking at the thing instead of the thing. With the, the being behind the king, God being an omnipresent, God being God. That's what's behind the scenes for everything. But here, once again, see, we got narrow tunnel vision. And we focus on too much stuff and forget that it's not that. It's the, it's the, it's the God behind it that's the power. There's a striking contrast between. How do you say it, man? Uzziah. Uzziah and Isaiah. And we're going to, there's a striking contrast. Now, what's the contrast? Uzziah reached for holiness 
presumptuously for the wrong no reason. reason. Pride. Yeah. And instead of and instead became ritually impure. So that he was cut off from the holiness. Now Isaiah, on the other hand, allowed God's holiness to, to reach him. him. Amen. He humbly admitted Amen. his weakness Amen. and yearned, yearned for moral purity, which he received. Like the tax collector in Jesus' parable, he went away justified. For all who exalt themselves shall be humble, but all who humble themselves shall be exalted. Amen. Amen. In other words, the king was trying to get holiness. Where Isaiah received holiness Just. from God. Now, what's wrong with trying to achieve holiness? It would be a good, that's a good thing. But see, he didn't humble himself. He went in the temple by force. Just doing it, I just thought of, it's like, he, yeah. He wanted to be, really what he wanted to do was be seen. Because these priests are doing something holy that I can't do. They're the ones burning the incense and the fragrance to the Lord. And he wanted to be able to do that. But that ain't what God asked him to do. Isaiah, on the other hand, just was a humble man. Went about his life and God started giving him visions and insight to lead and guide kings. Because remember now, he, he led kings. See, sometimes you got a front man. All of us that remember Public Enemy? Flavor Flag. It was tough being them writing these songs and behind, but who's the first person you think about when you think about Public Enemy? Flavor Flag, because he had the clock on. He was the front man. But he really wasn't the driving force behind Public Enemy. Same thing these days. Sometimes we get this easy on people. We think he, he ain't, there's people telling him some of this stuff. Now, a good leader, because doesn't it, even the Bible says that you should have the counsel of men so you can get different perspectives, different angles, whatever you want to call it, different viewpoints. And then what has to happen is you being the good leader, yeah. but since leadership is in crisis, but a good leader would listen to all this advice around him and then make a decision based upon the information that he got. Go back and think about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Kennedy was getting stuff, he was getting some erroneous information too. There were some people at that time period wanted him to push the button and nuke Russia. Yeah. I also had other people over here telling me, you know what now, if we nuke them, you know what they're gonna do us. And he had a dilemma. Go, go watch some of the documentaries on what happened during this time period. But he also knew he couldn't let them missiles get to Cuba. So he had to walk a fine line and take leadership and make decisions based on the information that he got. Well, what does that have to do with my spiritual life? Hmm. Well, you better be getting some information from the Bible. Amen. What's one of the acronyms we always use for the Bible? Basic instruction before leaving earth. Okay. Basic <laughs> instruction before you leave here. So really, truly, what it's telling you is you should be getting some information how to live your life now. Amen. Sometimes to leave, but we're so focused on the afterlife, we, we forget about this in life that's going to affect your afterlife. 
but here we go. Focus on that. We don't want to get information from the man who create from the from the guy who created us. He's telling us what he expects of us, what he wants from us, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. There's a striking similarity between Uriah's leprous body and the moral condition of his people. And remember, we read that last week that it showed at that time period how the people were living. Mm -hmm. There's no soundness in it but bruises and sores and bleeding. All the little stuff that they was doing, if we was to go back and look at the beginning part, and even when you look at that, that's why I said, see, ain't nothing happenstance or coincidence. When Pastor was doing the book of Habakkuk, and it showed how the people were living then. Yeah. It was just how they was living in Isaiah's time people. Yeah. And see, we really don't know, like we said, we don't know when that prophet wrote that book. So he could have been writing during this time frame. Because we don't know because it didn't give us who the king was in charge. Because you know these prophets could have been living at the same time. It's not like because we think they're in books, they live like this. You got to go back and do a little research. And we're going to find that some of them overlap. They're really talking about the same thing. And then some are telling you what's to come, and then some are telling you what already happened. So we have to understand the time period. So the people was just like that. Look, look, what is leprosy? It's an open soul. Yeah. So when that priest saw this soul come on the king, it was bleed, pus, losing, yeah. All kinds of infection. Well, that's just how the people, that's when, when God looked down, what did he see? He saw a leprous people. And he does, hey, don't we have, uh, when I read this last night, I thought about this. We got bleeding, we got bruises and bleeding, um, we got bruises and sores and bleeding wounds. But yet, we refuse to go to the doctor. And I ain't talking about the doctor, doctor, I'm talking about the spiritual doctor. Jesus, our spiritual leader, you know, just like we taught a couple of months ago, what was the name of the uh, the lesson? Teacher, teacher, master teacher. Nobody want to listen to the master teacher no more. We want to do our own thing and look at what it's getting us. It's getting us further and further away from God. So um, when I read that last night, I said we got wounds, people got wounds and bruises and scars and just refuse to go to the doctor. Well, that's, a, that's why you, when we're doing these lessons, sometimes you gotta go back and you gotta play the connection with, with the lessons too. Yeah. Because like you said, in that lesson, it was showing you who the man, the, the whole point of that whole quarter yeah. was to point to the Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ being the master teacher. Ain't none of us master teachers. We're professors. We ain't the head professor. Right. He is. And if we're not saying what he's saying, then you ain't even a professor. Not to say there's not hope for you in time and you can grow. See, because I ain't here to count you. I, I, I'm like John Smith used to say. I ain't got no heaven or hell to give you. So Amen. I can't Amen. say that you're not going to grow and start being a professor. But we have to understand our, where, where our place is. There's sometimes you can't ascend to the master teacher. Because there's only one. And even he, and look what he even said. He even downplayed. 
said, why you call me teach? Why you call me master? He said, ain't for one, and that's the father. Because you have to remember, what was the line of obsession? Everything the son said. He said, all I'm telling you is what the father told me. And like we said, when we look at the thing, that's why you have to do this study and have to be reading this stuff. When we go back and we look at Genesis, pastors pointed that out time and time again. The son was right there with the father. The Holy Spirit was with the father when this was going on. But why did he go and say, we, I, we have to look to the father? He's showing us the, the blueprint. He's showing us. And until you really get that foundation, because what does the Bible say about a foundation that's built on sand? Well, we live in Southeast Texas. You know the gumbo we live on. It rains too much, we go one way. Then it dries up, we get heat, it cracks, it goes another way. Hmm. Well, that's what it is if you're not getting the foundation and understanding what he was trying to teach you. Yeah. That's why most baby Christians, the first thing, I know the first thing I did, I started in Genesis and I read my whole Bible. Okay, but by being a baby, I skipped over some things. Yeah. When yeah. they started doing them long TV yeah, yeah. I skipped over that. Yeah. Then I understood, though, when I matured a little bit. Got to go back, back and read that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, for time's sake, you know, trying to hurry read my Bible, you know, in a year, six months, whatever. You know, I did time's sake. But we have to go back and get that blueprint. Because now what we're talking about, we're seeing this thing right now. See, what happened was they got away from the foundation. And this was his people. More specifically, like I said, we're not even talking about Israel at this time. We're talking about Judah, where the whole city, Jerusalem is. That's why it's all, okay, why is that important? Well, don't you, you ain't read Revelation? Okay, now to understand Revelation, though, you have to go back and see why Jerusalem was important. You have to learn about King David. You have to learn all this stuff to see why this throne is important. Then you have to know when they're talking about the throne of God and the throne of man. When they're talking about these different, the son of man. You have to understand this, or when you're trying to read Bible, even these prophecies, if you don't have a foundation, these prophecies are not going to make sense to you. Amen. Amen. Because this is the death of... Uriah, Uzziah. 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 In, <laughs> I just can't get this. In 740 BC marks a major crisis in the leadership of God's people. The death of any absolute ruler makes his or her country vulnerable during the transition of power. But Judah was in special danger because Tigran, President III, had ascended to the throne of Assyria a few years before in 745 BC and immediately went on a war path, which made his nation an inconceivable superpower that threatened the independence of all nations in the Near East. In this time of crisis, God encouraged Isaiah by showing the prophet that he was still in control. Oh. All right, just dealing with what's on the paper, doing the observation. During this time period, there was a king that came over the Assyrian people. Put it in terms, he wanted to be the Hitler of his day. He wanted to be the Caesar of his day. He wanted to then conquer all the known world. One of the things standing in the way was Judah. 
Mm. He wanted this bad. Because see, there's one thing you have to realize. Them people knew Israel's history. They knew it, they because it wasn't that far off. They knew that God, that this was God's special nation. They also seen what time and time again, they had superior vast numbers, but they could never, for some reason, they could like go in and take control for a while, but then they came out again. So they knew this nation. Now you see what it says. They didn't do nothing when the king was on the throne. They waited to a more opportune time. The transition of power. And we're living through that right now in this time period. Never in the history of the United States of America has the outgoing president ever impeded the incoming president from taking control. Why is that important? Y'all sit up here, I don't care who rushes back. If it's Biden or Trump, all y'all have your own conspiracy theories, all y'all have all your little preconceived notions, whatever. I don't care who they're back. I don't care who China's back. But if we're not getting, if the incoming president is not getting all the information of all the threats that's going on in the world, and that's what your uh, Central Intelligence Agency, and that's what your uh, Department of Defense, that's their job. Mm -hmm. The State Department, they're supposed to be giving all this information so that when I come in, I already know what my known threats are. Because every time a, a, a president comes in, there are some threats going on. And right now, we're seeing something. See, we're, because we don't go back and look at Bible history, we don't go look at a map sometimes and understand where Iran is. Iran, Iran is in prophecy. I read this book called The Five Kings. And the five kings that this author was worried about was Russia, China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey. Why is that important? We'll so go back and look. One, in one time period, China, when they had all their dynasties, they controlled most of the, what we consider the Near East. Russia became a power. Turkey. Y'all don't know what the Ottoman Empire was? It was one of the most longest reigning empires there was, but y'all don't even know who the Ottoman Empire was. You don't understand everything that went on. Y'all don't even understand that's why World War I started. Because of the killing of a, an assassination. Because the time was right because of a transition of power. Now here we are. Y'all run around here still wanting to fight an election over some trivial stuff falsehoods, lies, believing stuff on the internet. We have a transition of power. It's very well the Russian might come attack us. What was that movie? Uh, huh? Red Donald? I like the first one better than I like the remake. But they wait. They wait for stuff. Russia don't like us. China don't like us. And on the cool, we don't like them. But here we are. 
in the transition of my man, it was going on in the Bible days. If you go back and you look at some of the agreements was made, one of when Pastor read last week when we were looking at some of the kings, one of the things God had against one of the kings was he went and made a pact with Egypt that he didn't want. That's not what God wanted that king to do at that time. You went and made a pact with your enemy. Wasn't a treaty. We were going to come together to go attack somebody. Treaties are different. Treaties say, okay, I'm not going to attack you. You're going to attack me. We're going to live here in peace. They went and conspired against another one because they were scared of the Assyrians. But here we are in a transition. And we could be weak very well to be vulnerable. Then again, we might not. Only time will tell. Read carefully, Second Chronicles twenty six sixteen. Somebody quote that for me real quick. Amen. In what ways do each one of us potentially face the same thing, and how can dwelling on the cross protect us from that pitfall? Amen. Second Chronicles twenty six, verse sixteen reads, "But when he was strong, his heart, his heart was lifted up to his destruction." For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. 2616. And see how what we were talking about earlier. Okay. In what ways will each one of us potentially face the same thing? How many of us are doing some things that's not pleasing? And then, and let's even take it a step deeper in the spirit, yeah. How many of us are doing some things and then trying to call it right? Amen. See, that's what God's really, it's the stuff. He understands we're going to do some things. But as long as we understand and call wrong, wrong, and right, right, yeah. that's when he relents. Amen. He ain't pleased. Hmm. He relents. But now, we're doing some things and we're trying to justify it and call it right. We're trying to make it line up with the word instead of us lining with the word. Amen. So that's the potential. We, we do the same thing that he was doing. How many wars? Do y'all know what the Crusades and everything was all about? How many of y'all remember that movie, Billy Jack? The theme song for Billy Jack. It was one toy soldier. He says, uh, do it in the name of heaven. Do it in the name of, I can't remember. But he was saying that we're doing this in the name of heaven. We're doing it in the name of God. And in the end, one toy soldier rose away. He was saying that, you know, and that's just what the Crusades was about. The Crusades thought they was going out here when the knights went over and started killing all the Arab people. They was doing it with the authority of the king and of the church. Then when, the, then when the, they flipped the other side and then the, the Arabs came back and tried to kill in the, in the blood because they were doing it in the name of Muhammad, once again, they thought they was doing something right. But the Bible ain't never told us to go over there and like destroy it. You, gonna, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. No. You believe in Jesus? Because, okay, let's be real. You're up here. You believe in Jesus, and you see that person killed. What's going to be your answer when they ask you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I believe in it. 
Whether you really believe in it or you just fear death. Yeah. See, that's why we try to do things and then justify it. And that's what we get in trouble. That's what the king was, the king was trying to justify himself to make himself look good that he was a holy man. When he already had did some holy things to begin, he was doing what the Lord wanted him to do, but he wanted to take it a step farther. How can dwelling on the cross protect us from the pit, Father? And like I said, the only problem I really had with this, with the way, the way he asked, and I understand what he's trying to say about the cross, but let's remember, it ain't the cross. It was the man, man on the cross. Amen. That's why, even when we read these lessons sometimes, because, you know, we all say things, sometimes I make slips of tongues. When I go back and I critique myself after I do this class, I find some things that I said. So I will say, how can dwelling on your shoe protect us from this? Because he's going to remind us that there's something more powerful than us. That's what we have to do. He's given me the ability to do some things. Amen. But I have to remember the power behind me. Amen. 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 Now the man on the cross. Amen. Is what this whole thing is all about. All these lessons are trying to point us to the to man on the cross. Amen. And if we look to him, then we should see the Father. The one who said it's only begotten son to die for us. See, now we're getting things into perspective. We take ourselves out, we put the shoe in. And then we look to Elohim, the one who breathed life into you. Amen. As everybody, please rise and turn the world. Hey, we ain't get past to, to Monday. It's a lot. And we pray. Abba, Father. Amen. The one who was in heaven. Father, we thank you for this lesson. Father, we thank you that we have a good leader in our midst, Father. Amen. One who is trying to the best of his ability to listen to you and Amen. lead and guide his people. Amen. And Father, we're thankful for that. Father, we know that it is your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, behind him, driving him with the Holy Spirit, getting us to look towards you. And let each and every one of us now open up our hearts and our minds to look toward the hill, past the hills, past the cloud, into that third heaven, Father, yes. where you reign. Yeah. And look to you and know that it is you who gives all of us the ability to obtain wealth yeah. and to do great things in your son's name. Yes. Father, right now we just pray that other leaders arose up. Amen. Leaders that follow you, not their own prideful desires and wants and needs, but really trying to lead the people to you because that's what this mission is all about. Once again, we just want to thank you for these lessons. We want to thank you for the teachers. We want to thank you for our pastor. We want to thank you for our elders. Amen. They lead us towards you. Amen. It is in your son, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ. Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.